And I wanna talk to you out of Luke chapter five for a few minutes. What we're gonna do is we're gonna read the first 11 verses of Luke chapter five. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. It's gonna come on the screen for you. Um, And I wanna give you four encouragements that I've never seen before out of this scripture. Now, if you've been in church for a while, even if you've been around here at Radiate for a while, you've probably heard some semblance of this uh, scripture and this passage, this story that's taking place. Um, But And I've grown up with it, but I, I found four encouragements for us in life that I think God would give us today um, that I've never seen before that have been really helpful. So I want to I toss those at you today, but let's read the first 11 verses. Are you ready to get in the Word today? Come on. Yeah, there's three of you. I'm going to try that again. You ready to get in the Word today? Y'all like, I ain't on the lake yet. I don't know. Yeah, we, we are. We're excited. All right. First 11. We're going to have some fun today. Y'all good? Are y'all good? Like for real. Y'all good? Y'all good? All right, let's wake up. Let's have some fun today. Here we go. Luke 5, 1 through 11. Now, it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him, him and he, and this is Jesus, by the way. If you don't know the the context, Jesus is teaching crowds about the word of God, right? And it says, it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. We'll call it that and hope that it's right. In verse 2, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and he began teaching the people from the boat. Let me stop there for a second, give you a little sidebar. Do you notice what's happening here? Jesus is not waiting on a platform. He's waiting on an opportunity. There's always an opportunity in your life to preach the gospel. There's always an opportunity in your life to tell somebody about the love of Jesus. There's always an opportunity in your life to live your life in such a way that it makes a difference in people's lives for the gospel. Jesus was not waiting on a microphone. He was not waiting on a stage. He was not waiting on a social media following. He was not waiting on any of that. He was not waiting on a platform. He was waiting on an opportunity. And he found the opportunity and he said, if you'll push far away, and here's why. I've been to the place and the reason is, is because the further out you go, the more your voice echoes against the hills. And Jesus was like, I am not waiting on a platform, I'm waiting on an opportunity. And some of you are waiting on a platform to share the gospel, and Jesus is going, if you'll seize the opportunity, you'll make way more of an impact. All right, let me keep going, because y'all ain't getting that today. Verse 4, and when he had finished speaking, y'all going to have to help me more than that. He said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master... We worked hard all night and we caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. Doesn't that sound like us a lot of times? Maybe it's just me. Maybe you guys are holier than me. But like when the Lord tells me something, sometimes I'm like, hey God, I've been working that angle, okay? I've tried it. I've been working all day. I'm tired of that, but I guess if you say so, God, and then we go and do it and something great takes place, right? Let's keep going. Um, And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. That's where we're getting the sermon title today, Breaking Nets. Breaking Nets. The sermon title, Breaking Nets. Verse 7, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. Thank God for life groups so that they can help us carry what God's doing in our lives. Verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. 
for amazement uh, had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear, from now on you will be catching men. And all the single ladies said, no, I'm just kidding, don't do that. Don't do that. Verse <laughs> Told you we were going to have fun. In verse 11, when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and and followed him. Lord, I pray that you take this word today and you'd make it um, active in our lives. God, don't let it, don't fill us with information. We don't want to walk out of here with stuff and knowledge. We want to walk out of here and live this out. Holy Spirit, move in us, change us, and direct us as we live this life with you. In your name we pray. Amen. I just want to give you four quick encouragements on this Labor Day weekend today. Four quick encouragements. The first one is this. It's found in verses 2 through 3. So Jesus is teaching and he's talking and they're pressing around. In verse 2 and 3 it says, And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. Here's encouragement number one. The end is actually the beginning. The end is actually the beginning. I want you to think about something. I want you to visualize this with me. I'm a visual guy. I'm a visual learner. Uh, I like to see things and act them out, and I learn a little bit better that way, right? And so I want you to pay attention to what's happening in the Scripture. And what they're doing is these guys, you got to understand the context that these guys were not fishing for hobby. Like you and I do, right? They're not out there fishing to get away and get into nature a little bit and breathe and just have some fun. And if you catch something, great. And if you don't, great. We're all good. It's fine. It's no big deal. This was their job. This was their livelihood. This is what they did in life. No matter what happened, no matter what was going on, they got up like you get up and they ate their Pop-Tart in the morning, right? And they got ready to head down the interstate and they got to the office and as they got in the office, their deal was, their office wasn't a cush office with a computer and a desk, it was a boat and they'd get their stuff together and they'd go put out in the lake or the the sea, wherever they were and they'd go and they'd cast their nets and they weren't fishing with a rod and reel and they weren't doing all that, they had a net, man, they were like getting the fish and you got to understand because we've read the whole story we know that he looks at Jesus at one point and he goes hey we've already been doing this all day and we've caught nothing you got to remember what that means that don't just mean that they didn't catch fish that means they now have no livelihood no paycheck that day for their family and so Jesus is teaching the word of God and they're clearly not even interested in that because they're not in the crowd And so where you pick up the story in verse 2 is it says that they were cleaning their nets. And so they're sitting on on the shore and their boats are over there. And I can imagine they're exhausted and they're tired, right? And they used all their energy and their mental energy and physical energy and all this stuff. And they're just working and they're cleaning their net. What does that mean that they're cleaning their net? It means they're getting the junk off the net so that it doesn't rip. Because if you rip the net... A fish can escape. And if a fish escapes, that's literally money out of your pocket. And so they're like, let me get the junk off the net because I don't want my net to break. I don't want to miss what's about to happen in my net. I, I, I can't lose what's in my net. And Jesus, isn't it just like Jesus to interrupt? Like, come on, let's be honest, right? I don't care how long you've been following Jesus. Isn't it just like Jesus to interrupt? To like, you're good. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, psst, let's go do this. 
Like you're living your life, your best life, YOLO. Like what? I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but you know, all this stuff. And you're good. And Jesus is like, hey, let's stop doing that and let's do this. And you're like, yeah, but I got this figured out. And Jesus is like, nah. And you got to understand, this was the end of their day. If they're cleaning the nets, they're going home. Like they had just earned brownie points with their wife that morning and they were going to cash in. Okay, They were going to spend some time with their kids. They were going to eat a good home-cooked meal. Whatever they were, they were going home. They weren't intending to do anything else. And they were tired. They were cleaning their net. They were ending the day. But isn't it just like Jesus that when we feel like everything is ending, Jesus goes, what if it's just the beginning? What if everything is just starting? What if... You feel like it's done. And I can imagine they're sitting there and all of a sudden this man walks up to him. And he's like, hey, Simon, that's your boat? And he's like, yeah, that's my boat. I'm cleaning my nets. I didn't catch anything today. And Jesus goes, how about push it out a little bit? He's like, man, I just got it in. And that ain't fun. They're heavy and they're cumbersome and they're front. I'm cleaning my net. Yeah, but if you push it out a little bit, it'll let me teach all these people. And Simon, Simon and his, his crew were pretty nice because they did that, right? They were like, okay. And they pushed out. And here's, what here's where I really want you to go and know today that they were ending the day, but Jesus was just beginning the work. And what may feel like an ending to you may actually be a beginning with him. You may be sitting in a place to where you feel like there's some things in your life that are ending today. Maybe it's a season. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's this blessing. Maybe it's that. I don't know what it is. But you may be sitting in a place where you're mourning an ending to something in your life. And Jesus is looking and he's going, yeah, it's fine to mourn an ending. But you need to celebrate a beginning because it's not over until I say it's over. And I'm telling you, if you push out just, just a little bit... I know Oh, you're tired Simon like I know you're tired I know you've been working all day I, I understand where you are Simon I get it but if you could just I don't know push your boat out into the lake just a little bit and go out just a little bit more it'll allow me to do something that I'm not going to be able to do unless you participate and what if God's looking at you in your life and going, I know you're tired. I know you've been believing for more. And I know you've been praying for your marriage. And I know you've been praying for your kids and your friends. And I know you've been pushing through. And I know you've been surviving. But if you'll just push the net or the boat out and quit cleaning the nets for a minute. If you would just realize your ending is actually a beginning. If you'll just push out a little bit, we might be able to do just a little bit. I know you're tired. Come on, this helping anybody? Like, if you would, just push, push out. It reminds me, actually, of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in, in verse 17, where it says this. It says, therefore, somebody say, therefore. Therefore. Why is that word important in therefore? Because therefore is, is a transition word. And what it transitions to is, I know everything about the previous statement. But that doesn't matter when it comes to what's after this word. 
It's a transition word that now goes, that doesn't matter. Past doesn't matter. What you said before isn't a big deal. But therefore, since you're in Christ, watch this. Therefore, anyone in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things. There's a transition. Some of us have to be okay with the transition in our life. We got to be all right with a transition to where the old things don't define us anymore. We don't have to mourn the old. We don't have to mourn the lost because if you're in Christ, now that's the key. If you're in Christ, hidden in Christ, security in Christ, in security, you're in his arms, you're in his plan, you're in his love. It says, if you're in Christ, old things pass away and all things, behold, all things become new. Here's what I want to tell some people today is to stop mourning things that God's trying to make new. Stop thinking the ending is the end and you're just going to go home and it just is what it is when God's going, I want to do a new thing. It's time for a little bit of a transition. I see too many people that claim they love Jesus, but they're still mourning who they were before they came to him. Y'all ain't helping me in this house today. I really believe this is something we need to understand. Mourning is okay because it means that something, what you're mourning meant something to you. That's fine. But the problem is, is too many believers get caught in a cycle of mourning. And so we can never move to the next season because I'm still distraught over what the last one was. The pain that somebody caused me, I'd rather sit in that pain rather than move to the next season and let Jesus make it new. I'd rather sit there and complain about what was, come on, and mourn about what was than be excited about what's coming. Well, this is what happened in my life, and this person did this and said this, and this is how I was raised, and I don't understand, and I don't this, and I don't that. And Jesus is going, old things pass away. If you're in me, it's time for you to stop cleaning your net and start time to start pushing your boat out into the water a little bit. Stop watching Jesus do everything and participate in what he's trying to get us to do in the world today. It's old things pass away, and all things become new. Morning Mourning has to end at some point. And some of us, if I'm going to be real honest today, you've been mourning your past the whole time Jesus has been trying to make you new. And so the celebration can't hit. You can't even worship fully because you're still, yeah, but this person and that person. I'm going to amen myself here in a second. And this situation, and that situation, and this circumstance, and that circumstance. And we're cleaning our nets rather than celebrating what God wants to fill them with. We're mourning about what should be done rather than leaning into what God wants. So number one, the end is the beginning. The, the, second, the, second, the second encouragement I want to tell you about today is in verse 4 of Luke chapter 5, and it's this. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. The second thought is, 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 second encouragement is this. My way isn't the way. My way, your way, my way, our way is not the way. See, here's, you got to pay attention to what was happening in, the, in this scripture. You got to know what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. They knew how to do this thing. I don't clearly because I keep messing it up. But they knew how to do this thing. And what they would do is they'd go to their honey holes. Y'all in the south, y'all know about our fishing honey holes, right? Like, you don't mess with my honey hole. You go to my honey hole, it is legal to fight you over that. Don't tell anybody I said that, but, and don't fight anybody. But they had their honey holes. They knew where to go, and so they'd take their nets, 
and they do this number and they drop their net right where they knew to go. That was terrible. And then they'd pull it up and then they would get the, the fish from the inside and they'd shake it into the boat and it'd fall out and they'd go back to their honey hole. This thing's getting on my nerves. And they'd go back to the honey hole and they'd drop it again on their honey hole and then they'd pull it in. And this was all they did all day long. And it wasn't that easy because they had to bait, right? They had to get bait fish and they had to drop them and they had to know where the schools of fish were and all this stuff. And they were just going where they knew to go. And Jesus comes along and they come, they're like, they're dropping their nets and they're cleaning their nets. And Jesus goes, hey, now that you've done for me what I asked you to do, why don't you go put your net in the deeper waters? Go put your net in my way isn't your way. Why is that important? Because they knew where to go. They weren't going to places where they didn't think have fish, y'all. This was their livelihood. They went, and this is the same thing as us going, I know where to go. I know where to go. I can go to the Wall Street Journal, and I'll drop my net right there. I'll get everything I need for the day. Oh, you know where I'll go? Oh, this is perfect. I know what I'll do. I'll go look on Facebook, and I'll get everything I need for the day, all the drama I need for my life right there. Oh, you know where I'll go today? You know where I'll go? I'll go to the politics today. I'll get everything I need. Oh, I know how this works. I know what to do. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what? Let me go to the, let me go to the town gossip today. I'll get everything I need today. Oh, y'all getting quiet. Y'all, y'all ain't having fun. I'm having fun. Y'all ain't having fun. I'll get everything I need today. And Jesus, Jesus looks at us. And what does he say? Where you've been throwing is everything that you know. But everything that you know is not filling the net. And you're living unfulfilled. And you're wondering, well, well, there's got to be more, Jesus. There's got to be more than just the bickering and the fighting and, the, and, and all the stuff that's happening in the world. And you're living unfulfilled. And Jesus goes, why don't you go to the deeper water? Stop living in the shallow. There's so many Christians living in the shallow today. Living in the world today, living in the, in the, in the news cycles, and living in the, in, the, in the headlines today. I got you, Stephanie. I'm sorry. I apologize. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we're just throwing where we want. And Jesus goes, hey, what if I told you over there, what if I told you over there is the deep waters, and you ain't even got to cast it. Just drop it. And when you pull it in, there's going to be something that you only wish that you could get. Here's the thing. Our way is not the way. And when we work, the only thing we know to work without the anointing on it and without the goodness and the direction of God on it, we'll never get the things of God until we start doing the things of God. Y'all, it's okay to be educated, but you may be educated in your field enough to know the honey holes but he's anointed in the kingdom and anointing always goes further than education and goes further than, than, than opinion and goes further than anything else happening in the world. And I'm just here to tell somebody today that you've been trying it for yourself and you've been walking in this whole thing for yourself and you've been throwing in the same daggum honey holes with nothing coming up and Jesus is going, hey, you want to do it my way? You want what I got for you? I got you. Just walk with me. Follow me. I got you we are in this thing together my way is not his way his way is not my way and my way is not the way my way is not the way I really thought some people would get excited over that but it's time to start throwing in the deep I, I actually love this scripture in Jeremiah chapter 1 in verses 11 through 12 
And he looks at Jeremiah, he's giving, he's giving Jeremiah a prophetic word of where he's going and what's gonna happen in Jeremiah's life. And he looks at Jeremiah and he says, the word of the Lord came to me, this is Jeremiah saying this, came to me saying, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. Why does that matter? Because he didn't look at him and go, hey, Jeremiah, do you hear me? Hey, Jeremiah, what did I just tell you? He said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And when Jeremiah said what he saw, God said, you've seen well. Why was he seeing well? Because he was seeing the same thing God sees. And if you're seeing what God sees, you'll hear what God says. And there's so much of us that we just need to put our, feet, our, our nets down in the deep and just go and say, God, where do you want me to go in my marriage? God, where do you want me to go at work? Like, God, I've had all the meetings and the discussions, and I've done all this, and God, I've tried this with my wife, and I've done this with my husband, and I'm working on this with my kids. And instead of trying to figure out what we need to do, maybe we need to go to God and say, God, what do I need to do? Because my nets are empty when I do it my way, but they fill whenever I do it your way. My way isn't the way. That's encouragement number two. Here's encouragement number three. I, I, I love it. It kind of goes right along, or it goes exactly right along with the next one. It's in verse five, and it says, Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say. Verse five, uh, encouragement three is God can do more than we can. I'm just reiterating that today. God can always do more than we can. He said, man, God, I've worked all night and I'm tired, but if you say it, I'll do it. God doesn't look at you and go, I want you to like everything I say. God goes, I want you to obey. There's a difference. My kids don't like everything I say. They really enjoy eating candy bars every meal of the day. I mean, I do too. But I also enjoy health. And so there's a moment where I have to look at my kids and go, I don't care if you don't like it. That's just, we're not doing it. Right? And the reality is sometimes God's got to look at us and go, it's not about you liking, it's about you being obedient. Are you willing to put down the nets where I say? Are you willing to do what I say? Because when we follow the way of Jesus, when we follow the way of Jesus, he will always take us to better places. Every single time. God's way is better than our way. God's way is stronger than our way. And, and here's, here's encouragement number four. I'm going I'm to end it on this one. I'm going to end it on this one. You ready? Encouragement number four is in verses eight through 11. Let me put this down right here. It says, it says it like this. But when Simon Peter saw that he fell down at Jesus' saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear, from now on, you will be catching men. Verse 11, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. Number four, the fourth encouragement, the fourth thing is this. Be thankful, not entitled. And I want to camp for a minute on this one. Be thankful, not entitled. Do you see what happened in this? God blessed them beyond anything they imagined. Their nets were breaking I pray that God blesses this church and every person that's a part of it to such an extent that we can't handle the blessings that he's given us. 
We, we can't even handle it. Our nets begin to break. We're like, God, you gave me so much. You blessed me so much. I don't even know what's going on now. I don't even know how I'm going to hold it all. I don't even know how to handle all this. But God, I'll figure it out. My nets are breaking. I'll call people in and I'll give it to them too. And then our boats begin to sink. Like, this is crazy. And not one time does Simon look and go, finally, been out here all day, working my butt off. My banana boat sunscreen wore off six hours ago. Throwing this net the whole time. Finally, God, it's about time. Because that would be entitlement. But there was a moment of thankfulness or gratitude in his voice. What does it say he did? He fell at his feet. And he looked at him and he said, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Why was he sinful? Because God, he realized God's holiness in the fact that God can always do more than man can. And holy God can't be a part of an unholy life. And it's only by the sacrifice of Jesus that we are able to go into his presence, according to Hebrews, that we have access to the throne of God through the blood of Jesus. And here's, here's the reality. Here's what I want to say. Simon shows us the difference in thankfulness and entitlement. Entitlement is, God, you owe me. You should. I deserve. And we've, if I'm going to be honest for a minute, because, well, I'm going to be anyway. We've created a Christianity that is an entitled Christianity that because I prayed a prayer in an altar one day, God, you deserve to heal me. I shouldn't ever be sick again. I should never hurt financially. I should never go through pain. I should never have relationships that go wrong. In other words, we're looking at God and saying, because I prayed a prayer, you should give me the life everybody dreams of. And can I tell you, that's not even biblical. We've created a theology that following God turns him into a genie that whenever I want something, I get it. And the truth of the matter is, that is a Christianity of entitlement. But a Christianity of thankfulness is a Christianity that lays down anytime God does anything. Because I don't know about you, but I don't deserve a thing. In fact, I do know this about you. You don't either. I don't deserve God to give me a thing. I sure didn't deserve for Jesus to give his life so that I could have life. I sure don't deserve the family I have. I sure don't deserve the resources I have. I sure don't deserve the life group that I have. I sure don't deserve the staff in the church that I have. I sure don't deserve the friends and the family, that I, uh, uh, the mom and the dad and the brother that I've got. I sure don't deserve my kids nor my wife. I sure don't deserve everything I have. I don't deserve today to be breathing. But through his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his love, he just chose and decided to give me life. That is Jesus. I don't deserve it. I'm not entitled to it. And he can take it anytime he wants because it ain't mine. It's his. And entitlement means you owe me. And if anything, I owe him. He doesn't owe me another thing. And thankfulness means this. I have this mentality to where God, if you never do another thing for me, you've already done enough. And we hide entitlement in our prayers a lot of times. Because you ever notice that whenever you pray and, and you want things to work a certain way, you go, God, this is how I want you to bless me. 
I'm not saying don't be specific in prayers. In fact, I think there's power in that. But when you pray specifically, is your heart fixated on the fact that if he doesn't come through this way, he doesn't come through? And he's not God? Or if he doesn't come through in the way that I say, that's fine because he doesn't owe me anything anyway. Which one is it? And entitlement means, God, I'm telling you what to do in my life. And if you don't do it that way, then I will not believe. There are people that will turn their back on God the moment he doesn't answer a prayer the way they pray it. Can I tell you something? Maybe you're in the room and you've experienced that. I just need to tell you, man, God's better than that. God knows more than that. You're casting your net in the same spot. He knows where the fish are. And it may not look like you want it to look. You may be tired and ready to call it a day. And God's going, yeah, but it's just beginning. There's a transition happening in, in your life. I believe gratitude or thankfulness is contagious. And entitlement is disgusting. I think people are actually repulsed by entitlement. If we want to live a life that attracts people to the love of Jesus, then I have to learn to be in, uh, uh, grateful for the love of Jesus. I have to learn to be grateful for everything that he is and is going to do in my life from this point forward. And I, and I love the, the end. He looks at him and he goes, hey, I know you're catching fish today, but you're going to be catching men tomorrow. And I'm, I'm actually grateful that Jesus uses the illustration of a net instead of a rod and reel. Because I don't know if you're like me. I love to bass fish. Calm down. Y'all are, y'all are freaking out. I know how to... I only hooked two people in the last service. And like, I love to fish, man. It's fun. I don't take enough time to fish, if I'm honest. I love getting out there in nature a little bit, you know, and hanging out, eating some, I don't know why. I want, I want those cheese, peanut butter, cheese crackers, whatever. Na, na, no, they're not. That's, are they nabs? Is that what they're called? The toast, toast chi. Toast chi. Not nabs. I want the toast chi. Right? And this is the goo. I want that every time. Or, oh, God, about got you, Josh, my bad. All this stuff, I just love going out there and hanging out. But you know, the interesting thing about this method, I can only catch one fish at a time. What you jumping for? What y'all jumping for? I got the hook hidden. It ain't going to get you. If it does, it only hurts for a minute. Pain is weakness leaving the body. And I'm, it, it, I, I just love... The idea, I like catching that big bass, right? But Jesus is like, I don't want you just focusing on just one. Cast a wide net. And what happens is, is we get this idea, if you're a part of Radiate Church, this is for you, but the, the reality is we get this idea where Pastor said, man, he just, he's just praying that we all bring four people to Radiate Church in a year. Every family brings four people to Radiate in a year. Like that, one, that's one a quarter. Man, I can do that. I'm gonna cast, I'll do that on accident. Right here. I just reel it in and accidentally catch one. But, and, but when we fish like this, can I tell you what we're forgetting? That the enemy is fishing like this. And he's going, if I can get everybody confused about their identity. Y'all don't, y'all ain't ready. If I can get everybody stressed out about the world ending. 
if I can get married, like if I can attack marriages and I can put spouse against spouse and parent against kid, man, I can probably, re, I can rack up the fish. I can do this. Like, I can do this. And we're out there with a little worm hoping we catch one on accident. And hopefully it's somebody that I like. Hopefully my, my neighbor that gets on my last nerve, right? And if that church is off in any way, like if they sing a song that I don't like, praise God, I'll go somewhere else. Y'all ain't ready for me today. <laughs> and the enemy is casting this net. Don't worry, Mike, I got you, baby. And the church is going, I hope somebody will cast a net for us. And Jesus is going, no, I did enough in your life. You should be casting the net. And here's what I love at the end. It says, they set their nets down. They left their boats. And they followed him. Why? And get this. It says they left everything, including the fish. It never says they offloaded the fish. The very blessing he gave them, he said, I don't worship that more than I worship you. I'll follow you. And I just think it's time as a church, if I'm going to be real and honest and transparent, I am sick and tired of waiting on everybody else to catch the fish. The Bible says it very clearly that the, that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. In other words, there's a lot of fish to catch. There's a lot of people to tell about the gospel of Jesus. There's a lot of people that need hope, and there's a lot of people that need love, and there's a lot of people that need grace, and there's a lot of people that need to understand everything God has for them. But there's very few people that'll pick up a net and put it where I tell them. There's very few people that will go, hey, give me invite cards. I'll give every one of them out. There are very few people that will pray for the coworkers they don't like. It's going to harvest. It's plentiful. There's plenty. But the laborers, they're few. And I think it's just time as believers. I really felt like this was a, a timely word for encouragement for us, but a challenge to go, it's time. Stop waiting on everybody around you to throw the net. Live a life of God's grace and God's mercy and God's joy and God's love and God's forgiveness and catch some people for the kingdom of God. Throw the net. Throw the net. Stop waiting on everybody else. You know, here's what I want to do because I'll preach a whole nother sermon. I, I just want to pray. And maybe you're in the room and you're like, he loves me that much that he, he's casting, like he, he's coming for me and he forgives me. Yeah, I'll give him my life. Yeah, I'll submit my life to him. And I just want to pray with you and I want to pray over all of us. Sydney's going to give us a couple of announcements and we're going to go and change the world. Let's pray together. Father, I love you. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus in this moment, right where you are, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer in your seat, a prayer of submission and grace, and just asking Jesus, hey, forgive me of my sins, and I give you all that I am. Dear Jesus, I give you my life today. 
Thank you for dying on a cross so that I can have life. Jesus, I pray that you forgive my past, my present, and redeem my future. And today, I give you all that I am. I know that you're my savior, and God, I know you're my father. And from this day forward, I just want to walk with you and live with you. And I want you to help me in this life to cast the net. I want you to help me in this life to live with you for the rest of eternity. Now, as people continue to pray, if you prayed that prayer today and you gave your life to Jesus, if you're online, there's gonna come in some, some, some instructions online. But if you're in this room and you prayed that prayer and you gave your life to Jesus today, I'd love, love, love for you to just throw your hand up and go right here, I prayed that prayer. I asked for forgiveness and I gave my life to Jesus today so that we can pray with you and we can walk this out with you today. God, you see every heart, you see every person in this room, every person online, every person that's gonna hear this thing throughout the week. And God, I pray that if there's any belie- anybody out there that isn't believing and hasn't given their life to you yet, God, I pray that we would truly submit our lives to you. And God, for anybody that is a believer, I pray that we would pick up our nets. It's time to stop with the rod and reel. It's time to stop hoping everybody else does it. God, it's time for us to take the challenge, to be encouraged by your love and your grace and your mercy and to share it with others, to live our life grabbing as many people as possible for the kingdom of God. And we will not stop. Because your kingdom and your mercy is too good and too big and too loving. And God, we love you and help us cast our nets. In your name we pray. Amen.